situation, but I'm going to try to get it done. I'm going to get it done today for sure. So, uh, in chapter 13, uh, Abraham, or Abram, sorry, he is, uh, we talked last time about him going into Egypt, how it was sinful for his lack of faith, basically, first for him to go down into Egypt. It was also a lack of faith when he lied and said that Sarah was his sister rather than his wife. And we saw the consequences of his lack of faith. Um, and the, the main thing I want you to see is we're going to talk about as we go further and further through Genesis and even into the New Testament, we're going to talk about Abram as a man of faith and a man, you know, it even compares him. It, uh, Paul presents him as a man that we're supposed to emulate because of his faith. But what you and I need to see is that Abram didn't start out with this gargantuan faith. He grew in his faith. He grew as he experienced things, failures and successes and all those things. He grew in his faith. And you and I grow in our faith. So there's times when, you know, you think, uh, I'm just not doing good. And I'm not who God wants me to be. And I'm just weak. And, I, you know, welcome to the human race. It, it, all of us have those moments where God has to grow us in our faith. And Abram is going to... He's going to show some sure enough faith here and in the next chapter as well. He's going to show some extreme faith. He's grown in his faith. But don't think that that's the last lesson he's going to learn because he's going to do something stupid again before we get, you know, before we get to uh, to the end of his story, to the end of his life. So he's growing in his faith and he's learning. Uh, he had just got back from Egypt. Remember, I think we read the first two or three verses of chapter 13 last time just as a way. Of, uh, of showing what he had learned. Um, but we're going to see he's today's the whole thing today is built around Abram walks by faith and Lot is going to walk by sight. And we talk, New Testament also talks about that, walking by faith and not by sight. Uh, you're going to see the effect of that, and you're going to see the consequences of walking by faith and walking by sight. Uh, he has gone to Egypt. Now, remember we talked about him coming back from Egypt. Uh, he has been shamed. He's been embarrassed. He's been made a fool of. You know, this pagan emperor, uh, pagan pharaoh, basically gave him a lecture about the sanctity of marriage. And we talked about that a little last time. And so we talked about how, you know, there was a long walk back to the promised land when Sarah was probably following him going, I can't believe you did that to me. How in the world could you have done? What kind of man do you think you are? Uh, she probably is making life hard on him. Uh, and so he goes back to the beginning. He goes back to the beginning where he was. He goes back to he goes back to when he built an altar. Goes back to his faith. Uh, his first one it says, "And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south. That was back where up to the south of the Promised Land from Egypt. And Abram was very rich <clears throat> in cattle, in silver and in gold." And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. So we talked a little about this last week, but he returns from Egypt more wealthy than he was before. Where did he get his wealth from? 
Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh gave him all the donkeys and stuff for his uh, for his sister. We thought he was sister, but it was really his wife. So he got his got a lot of this wealth from uh, basically his ill-gotten whatever. And we talked about that last week. But he he returns to calling upon the Lord. He returns to uh, he was he was not trusting in God when he went to Egypt. He was not trusting in God when he lied about Sarah being his sister when he went to Egypt. And so he, he saw what happened. What happened was he got into a fix. He got into a problem where the very promise that God had made him was in jeopardy. He had, by his stupidity and his sin, he had jeopardized the promise. And, of course, we saw God stepped in and God... Uh, fixed it. God uh, wouldn't allow his word to be made void uh, and he plagued Pharaoh's house and Pharaoh sent him out. Um, but what you're going to see here is that you know he he has realized, I believe, that he he stopped following his own heart, stopped following himself, stopped following his own worries, and he started to trust. He started trusting in God's plan. He started trusting in God's plan for him. And you're going to see that today. <clears throat> as soon as he gets back to the promised land, as soon as he gets back to the altar, gets back to calling upon the name of the Lord, he's going to have another test of faith in the land. In verse 5 and 6 it says and Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents and the land was not able to bear them and that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Lot has a lot of stuff. His list is just like Abram's list. Uh, his tents, they're saying he has a lot of tents, means he has a lot of servants, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people living in those tents. Uh, and so he looks, he looks a lot like, looks a lot like Abram. He's got a lot of stuff. Where did Lot get all this stuff? I can't, I can't say for sure. It's just a question. Where do you think Lot got all his stuff? I mean, he was already, he and Abram had some stuff when they left uh, Haran. Well, he could, it could have been some of the stuff that was given to Moses from Pharaoh. Could have been. It could have been. Abram gave him some of his stuff, maybe. <clears throat> Lot was already had some stuff, but the point the text is making here is that the land can't sustain them both together. Now, I got to thinking, this really hadn't turned out to be much of a promised land, has it? I mean, the first thing that happened when Abram got to the promised land was a famine, right? Okay. And so he goes down to Egypt. And he comes back, and the next thing that happened is the land's not sufficient to sustain them both. You know, they got all their stuff, you know, they, all their cattle, all their, you know, it needs pasture land, it needs water sources. You know, you can't just go to the hose and turn the water on to feed the cows, you know. You got to go find a water source. You got to go, go have water and all those things to feed, these, feed the cows. And that's really the big issue. You're going to see that in verse 10. But uh, the land's really disappointing so far, isn't it? I mean, it would be for me, it's like, okay, this is the promised land. So, so far, it hadn't been very promising. Do you think, now this is just a question, I don't know for sure, but do you think this is this is a consequence of him going down to Egypt? Remember, we said he went down to Egypt sinfully, lack of faith, uh, and in Egypt he told everybody this was his sister. Pharaoh came and got her. Pharaoh gave him all the stuff, you know, because he thought this was his sister. Now Abram goes back to the promised land with all of this stuff and it almost seems like Abram prospered because of his sin, but now he's got all this stuff and the land that God meant for him, the land where he settled, 
can't sustain him with all this stuff. Does that almost seem like maybe it wasn't God's purpose for him to have all this stuff just yet? <clears throat> it's possible. I can't prove that. I can't whatever. But there's not enough water, not enough places for them to, to you know, uh, to have enough to feed their people and feed their their animals. And the herdsmen start fighting. Y'all feel free to say something. Y'all quiet. What, Says, if, um, what if through all of this that God already needs... I mean, God knows all of us, and He knows our hearts and all of that. But what if this was a way of, um, I guess you say, dwindling out the, the bad away from Abraham? Maybe so. Maybe so. They're going to separate. They're going to separate. And that's what we're going to look at. Uh, and, and a lot of times we as selfish people, when we have so much stuff, we, you know, we tend to pull away from God. Well, I'm self-sustaining. I got this, you know, kind of mindset. And God could have been like, well, you may have all this stuff, but you need what I provide to take care of all yeah. this stuff. And I think that's going to be Lot's mindset. And Abram is going to go the entirely the other direction. Um, the herdsmen start fighting. Uh, and there was strife, verse 7, between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. That, the reason that's there is because the question you would normally ask, well, I mean, they're in the promised land. Why don't they just expand? You know, why don't they just spread out a little bit? They can't because there's other hostile people around them that are... Using those water sources, using those things. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to split up and go in two different directions and go to two different uh, areas where uh, they can be they can be sustained. Uh, these herdsmen are fighting. <clears throat> Remember, their herdsmen are their servants, and so they're not concerned with each other's stuff. If you're Abram's herdsman, really the only thing you're concerned with is Abram's herd. That's all I have to worry about, you know. So this is uh, this is my water source here. You need to go find you enough. Well, I got these cattle, you know, and they need they need water too. Well, I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible for these, and mine are going to have some water. I'm not going to get in trouble. So they all they all go to fighting, uh, and uh, they can't just expand because there's hostile nations all around them. Um, now, I want you to remember something. They're about to split up. It says, And Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. If thou depart to the right, then I'll go to the left. Now, what is Abram doing right here? Giving ultimatums. Yeah, he's giving ultimatums, but he's kind of doing it graciously, isn't he? He's saying, You choose. Who what, did God make Lot any promises? No. no, no, no. God didn't make Lot doesn't have any claim to the land at all, other than he's Abram's nephew. You know, it was Abram who made was God made the promise. This is going to be your land, your your seeds land. So Abram would have been well within his right to say, huh, I don't care what you do, man. I mean, this is this is my land. I'm promising. This is this was given to me, and this is my land. So. See, you know, do whatever you need to do. But that's not why he did it. Why, why do you think he did it, did what he did? Why do you think he said, you know what? You and I are brothers. Let's not fight. You just pick which way you want to go, and I'll go the other direction. This is, I mean, he's looking out at the promised land. This is all Abram's land. And Abram says, 
or it's all promised to Abram anyway. And he says, you just pick where you want. I'll go the other direction. Why do you think he would do such a thing? Probably just to keep the chaos. Yeah, he loves him to keep the chaos down. He didn't want strife between the herdsmen. That's right. I mean, those are all. I don't have no definitive answer. I'm just asking. <coughs> he, he, you think he, he's not worried anymore about keeping what's his. You know, that's that's what his deal was in Egypt, wasn't it? He's like, this is my, my, my. Uh, Tell them you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister because they're going to kill me. They're going to take you because you're so hot, and, and they're going to kill me. And and so we need to, you know, we we gotta we gotta protect this thing. And what he's really trusting God and what God's promising. He God has made him a promise that he would have the land, and God stepped in to protect that promise when Abram was an idiot down in Egypt, and now Abram. It seems like Abram's trusting. I can let Lot just do whatever he wants to do, and you can have whatever. I'm going to be graceful and loving. Unlike Cain, Abram here is his brother's keeper. He says, we're brethren. And he says, you just take where you want. He's not even worried because God made him a promise, and he's trusting that God's promise is going to be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if Lot decides to go this way. It doesn't matter if Lot decides to go that way. God is going to keep his word. So he's not worried about he's losing. Maturing in his faith. Yes, he's maturing in his faith. He's growing in his faith. He's understanding that. You know, if Lot's going to look around, we're going to see Lot's going to take the very best land. Abram's going to say, hey, okay, go ahead. And he is uh, trusting in God. He's walking by faith that God is going to fulfill his promise. It doesn't matter. I don't have to try to protect it. I don't have to try to to scheme and connive. I don't have to try to cheat Lot or to uh, put you know make <clears throat> uh, bring the hammer down on Lot or anything like that. God has given his word, and I trust his word. And he, he's going to make a way for me to prosper and be all right. And his word's going to be fulfilled. So he is, he's, he's trusting, trusting God. Um, now Lot, on the other hand, is he hadn't learned the lessons that Abraham has learned yet. He hasn't grown in his faith. He is walking by sight. He's not walking by faith. Look what it says in verse 10. Says and Lot, this is this was given to him. Okay, Lot, you pick where you want to go. I'm gonna go the other direction. Lot lifted up his eyes. That's important. Remember that phrase. He lifted up his eyes. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered. That's what they were lacking water sources. It was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. This was this is like an author's note. This was before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. So all of this land was fertile. It was, you know, it was plush. It was uh, good farmland. It was good herding, good pasture, all that. He said it was even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt being fertile and as thou comest unto Zoar. He's saying, so Lot lifted up his eyes. He looked over the plain of the Jordan. He saw, looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He saw that the land was well watered. He even compared it to the garden of God. So that tells you how fertile it was and how beautiful and how all that was so why did lot choose that because it was appealing he lifted up his eyes and he saw it and that's what he wanted that's going to prove to be the greatest mistake of lot's life 
What should, here's, here's the question, what should Lot have done? The text doesn't tell us, and we can, only, we can only guess, but what should Lot have done? I mean, really, if you were given the choice, okay, you pick which way you want to go, you look around, I mean, I'm going to take the best looking spot too, huh? But what should Lot have done? Lot wasn't going to say, well, I'll take that desert over there, you know, and you'd say, if you were Lot, what should you have done? Esteem others before yourself. Huh? Esteem others before yourself. Should have yourself. probably esteemed others before yourself. That's one possibility. And, Maybe of course, that's true. Abraham's opinion and thoughts of where to God go. I love when the word yeah. Maybe so. What about this? He should have kept his butt with Abraham. He should have said, I'm going to go. Remember, God made Abram the promise. He said, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to stick with Abraham. You know, that means if we need to travel in a certain way, he, he could have, I mean, this is all just me thinking out loud, so as this is not Bible, but he could have said, you know, I don't want to leave you. Let's let's try to find some place where we can both be together. You're my uncle. You've been good to me. You know, God made him the promise, not Lot. Lot separates from, separates from the one who bears the promise. What do you think is going to happen? I don't care whether it's the best land or the worst land. If you separate from the one who bears the promise... I mean, it can't go. It can't really go good for you. And we're going to see that Lot gets in bad trouble. Now, remember in yeah, Second Abraham Peter, Abraham is the one that told him to separate. Huh? Abraham is the one that told him, "You go this way. Whenever you choose, I'll go the other way." Yeah. So you know, if he would have told Abraham, you know, I want to stay with you. God made you. Abraham was still like, "When you got too much, and I got too much, you still go." Yeah. Well, yeah. You're saying that Abraham Abraham told him to. Yeah. You know, he, he could have very well said, well, I want to stay with you. But I also see that Abraham is the one that told him to separate. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it, it just says that the <laughs> land couldn't sustain them. There was strife. And he said. But Abraham said, I pray thee from me. You know. I pray thee between me and thee and between my husband and them for. No strife between me. Uh huh. But verse nine it says, you "In know, the whole land before thee, I pray thee from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right." You know. So Abraham is the one that kind of told him, "You go the other way, and I'll go. You know, one way. You go the other way." Yeah, that's true. If I was Lot, though, I'd be hanging on Abraham's coattails. Oh, I, w- I mean, hindsight. I guarantee. I would have too. But it's, you know, how would you have chosen if Abram said to you, "Your Lot, your Lot." And Abram says, let's just say Abram says, okay, we've got to separate. You're going to go one way, I'm going to go the other. How would you have chosen? Lot definitely chose wrong. We know that because of what happened. But he's got one over here that looks really plush, like the Garden of God, like Egypt being fertile. And then you've got the rest, which presumably is fertile, but not as fertile. Uh, How would you have chosen? Since Abraham was the older and wiser, supposedly, of the two. Lot should have had enough common sense to say, you're the one that needs to cheat. Probably. Yeah, I could see that. You know, we use the analogy, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Maybe, you know, Lot had that same analogy. Well, I'm going to go where the pasture's greener. Mm. You know? Oh, he definitely did. Right, exactly. Instead of, you know, when we, when we get there, the grass is nearly dead. <laughs> A lot of times in our life, I used to I used to work with an old man. He said, "Son, the grass is always greener on the other sides because more cows pooping over there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this this right here is Huh? Oh, I guarantee you. But this I guarantee is also you. where you know you're asking another man to put a, his faith into another man, and why didn't Lot just? 
call on God. You know, God was clearly talking to people, you know, directly mm-hmm. during that time. I don't see why He didn't just, you know, God, where did you want me? Right. And I think all the all the the guesses that we have, and we're all just guessing because none of us know for sure. The, the point of the text here that we're going to see is that Abram is walking by his faith. He's trusting God's going to take care of it. I've got the promise of God. I've got the word of God. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fight over this. I don't have to try to get the best for me. I know God's going to take care of it. Lot, on the other hand, is lifting up his eyes and he's looking for the best and he's going to take the best. And we're going to see that he is going to make the biggest mistake of his life by trusting in what he sees walking by sight rather than walking by by faith and so he moves it says then lot chose him all the plain of jordan and lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other abram dwelled in the land of canaan and lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward sodom And so he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He trusted his eyes. He trusted his own plan. It's like Eve. Remember what Eve did? It says she looked upon the fruit and it was the lust of the eyes. It looked good for food, looked good to make make them wise and and all those kind of things. And he he moves toward Sodom. Uh, It looks like a good land. But the next time you see Lot in the next chapter... He's going to be sitting in the gates of Sodom. So here you got him moving towards Sodom, right? And we already know, it's already told us that the men of Sodom, has it already told us they were wicked? We haven't got there yet? Next verse. verse. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. We're going to get to that in Genesis as well. And so the first thing you see is Abram, I mean not Abram, but Lot. And listen, you need to understand, uh, 2 Peter uh, I thought I wrote it down. Yeah, Second Peter two eight tells us that Lot was a righteous man who was vexed all the day long because of the activity that was going on inside him. So we're not talking about Lot wasn't just this evil guy who who wants to get towards Sodom or anything. He was a righteous man, and we're gonna see we're gonna see him portrayed as as righteous. But he had not grown in his faith yet. He was still walking by sight. He wasn't in the same place that Abram was. And what happened was he, he probably they all knew that the men of Sodom were wicked. Uh, and so he probably thought, well I'm just gonna move toward it. I'm gonna move in the plain of Jordan around it. So my flocks can be watered. It'll be better for me if I if I go this way because all this is fertile ground. It's all it's already just like the garden of God, and I'll prosper there. The next time we see him in chapter 14, he's going to be sitting in the gate of the city. And of course, you know what happens in chapter 18 and 19. Where is he at when the angels come to destroy Sodom? In the city. He's, a, he's living right smack dab in the middle of it. And so he pitches his tent toward it at first. He he goes toward it. And, you know, that's a picture for us. You know, we, we lean towards sin thinking, well, this ain't so bad. I can handle it. It's not that big a deal. But pretty soon it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you into the very gate of the city. And before you know it, you're going to be living right in the middle of it. And Second Peter 2.8 says that he was vexed all day long, all the day long because of the wickedness that was going on in the city. And so you probably heard 
heard that, you know, there was a preacher a long time ago who made the statement. You've probably heard it many times where it says sin will, uh, what is it? Sin will take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost make you more than you, you want to pay. That, that, that application came from this looking at Lot. He, it, he went toward what he saw as good rather than trusting in God and the promise that God had made and it, it cost him. It's going to cost him everything. It's going to cost him his family. It's going to cost him his wife. Remember what happened to his wife? She's going to die as Sodom is being destroyed. It, his daughters are, I mean we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there but uh, it, it's going to cost him everything. It's going to cost him his sin is going to cost him all kind of things just like Abram's sin going down to Egypt ended up first costing him here as he and Lot have to separate. Uh, now, also, this is kind of a far-reaching application, but if Abram had not gone to Egypt in his lack of faith, if he had not told the, the people of Egypt that this was his sister, he would not have garnered all of these donkeys and herds and cattle and stuff and when he got to the promised land it would have been able to sustain them both because that was God's plan in the beginning for them to grow as the land grew as they uh, as it was given to them uh, and so this consequence of them having to separate is part and parcel of of them having being down uh, Abram deciding to go down into Egypt rather than trusting the Lord so not only did Abraham's sin affect him, we're going to see that when we get his Egyptian handmaiden, Hagar, who causes all kind of trouble. But his sin now has affected Lot because Lot is choosing the wrong path and it's going to destroy everything in his life. That makes sense. So your sin, my sin, my lack of faith, my faithlessness as we grow in our faith, it doesn't just it doesn't just affect you. It affects all those around you. It affects your family. It affects your friends. It affects those people that are close to you. Um, if if none of that had ever happened, and it did happen, so we can't really say, you know, it would have been different or whatever. But it did happen. But. If he would have trusted God from the beginning, if he'd have been walking in that faith, maybe Lot wouldn't have had to separate. Maybe Lot wouldn't have pitched his tent towards Sodom. Maybe, you know, we could say maybe about everything. But you see what I'm saying? Your sin, your your lack of faith, your walking by sight rather than by faith, it affects everybody around you. It affects everything around you. And Yeah. Well, you got to think, got to remember that uh, at that time, the stuff was the currency. See what I mean? Like they couldn't set like we would just sell it for some cash and put the cash in the bank. But for them, that was, I mean, they were on bartering. They would trade donkeys for whatever. And so the, the herds and the cattle and the, all that stuff, that was the currency of the day. And so really, I mean, I guess you could trade it for some silver and gold or whatever, maybe so. But uh, that was what the, these lists of, of camels and cattle and donkeys and all those things is what those things are, uh, they describe what rich means in this day. That makes sense? That makes sense. Okay. Anything else? Okay, so Lot lifts up his eyes. He just can't pass by the opportunity. He can't pass by the opportunity. It's too good of an opportunity. This place looks like the garden of God. 
it looks like Egypt, the fertility of Egypt. You know, Egypt was fertile around the Nile River. You know, it wasn't dependent on the rain. And he just couldn't pass the opportunity up. And so often we 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 do this. I I told you the other day about I remember this that phone call where the guy said, "I know this is not what God wants me to do, but I got to do it. I got to do it because it's just too good an opportunity to pass by." That's what Lot's thinking. Look at this land. I mean, what could possibly go wrong here? You don't buy a car just because it's got pretty paint. And he that's what he did. He, he, he lifted up his eyes and he chose that land. Now in verse 14, Abram took off to the other side of the land of Canaan. He says, I'm going to go over there because Lot chose. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes. Recognize it? Uh-huh. Who, what happened before? Where do we see that phrase? Lot just lifted up his eyes. Lot lifted up his eyes to take what he wanted, what he thought was good. God tells Abram to lift up your eyes. And what we're going to see is because Abram's walking by faith, the promise that God has made to Abram is now going to be expanded. And you're going to see this two or three more times in Abram's life before we get through. God is going to take the initial promise and he's going to expand it and make it bigger, make it a bigger promise. Uh, He says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. He says, now look northward, southward, eastward, and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. (coughs) Which way did Lot go? It says Lot went to the east. And says, I'm going to take this land. Now God tells Abram, Abram, lift up your eyes and you look in every direction. North, south, east, west. He says, I'm going to give you this land and to your seed. What's different about that promise than it was the first time it was made to him? Remember? Yeah. The first time it was just to his seed. It's like, Abram, I'm going to give this land to your seed. I mean, you're going to die before before it gets done, but don't worry. I'm going to give it to your seed. Here it says, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed. So the promise is expanded. We'll see it expand again. He, he tells him, I'm going to make a great nation of you. He said that already. Well, later on in the text, he's going to say, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, not just a great nation, but many nations. And so he says, I'm going to give you this land, not just to you, but to your seed. Abram, the point is that Abram trusted God to give him to fulfill the promise. He wasn't fighting for it. He wasn't trying to get over on Lot. He wasn't trying to, to maneuver or politic his way in order to get the best land and all that. He trusted that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. It doesn't matter if Lot picked to go north or south or east. It doesn't matter if Lot picked the best land. He wasn't worried about losing something. He wasn't worried about somebody getting over on him. He knew that God had made him a promise and that God was going to take care of him. Where do you think he learned that? He learned that in his experience in Egypt. He was deceiving. He was deceitful. He was doing all he can because he didn't want somebody to get over on him. He wanted to prosper. He wanted it to be well with him. He didn't want to get killed. He wasn't trusting that God was able to keep his promise. He had to help God out. And here you see that he's walking by faith. He doesn't have to help God keep his promise. He doesn't have to worry about who gets the best land. He doesn't have to worry about how his 
cows are going to be fed. He don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. He's just trusting, you know, I'm, you go where you want to and I'll take the other side and it's going to be fine. And you see the same thing. Lot's walking by sight. Lot lifts up his eyes. He sees the plain of Sodom and that's what he takes. But God tells Abram to lift up your eyes and look in all directions. I'm going to give you all of this land. <laughs> And so as we end up, it says, uh, all the land I'm going to give to your seed forever. And he says, and I will, he expands the promise again, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. I'm going to make your seed, your children, your ancestors, not ancestors, descendants. I'm going to make your descendants so num numerous, well, innumerable, I guess would be. He says, if you can count the dust of the earth, can you count the dust of the earth? No. Yeah, good luck. If you can count them, then you can count your, your seed. He is giving him a promise that your seed is going to be innumerable. Who is Abram's seed? We learned it a couple of weeks ago. Huh? Who is Abram's seed heirs according to the promise? We are. Yeah, well, Abraham, Isaac is his seed. The, all of us, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, everyone who is in Christ is Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3.29. If you be in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's what it says. So he is. he has been given a seed that is innumerable. I mean, there's Christian people that are in Christ all over the world. There has been for generations uh, and generations upon generations. And there will be as long as the world keeps spinning. We are heirs to the promise. We are heirs to the promise that God has given uh, to Abram. It's not just a seed. I'll give it to your seed. Now he says your seed will be innumerable. You won't even be able to number them. We're going to see that again a little bit later. He's going to say, look up at the stars. He said, you count stars, you'll be able to count your seed. So 17, 18, last two verses, it says, Arise, walk through the land uh, in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to these. Tell them to walk through it like it's a symbolic way of claiming the land, like symbolic way of claiming the land. When you walk through it, it's going to be yours. You walk through it. Now, he's not saying he's walking through planting flags, conquering, saying this is my land. It's kind of a symbolic representation of you. You walk through this land that I'm going to give you. It's yours. It's yours. It's promised to you, and it's going to be given to you. And it says, Then, then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain, plain of Mamre, which is Hebron, and built there an altar to the Lord. Once again, same thing over again. Abram worships. He devotes himself to the Lord rather than trying to keep what's his, rather than trying to help God with the promise or fight for what's his or fight what belongs to him. Abram now is walking by faith. He's walking by faith, whereas Lot is walking by sight, and it's going to cost Lot. In the very next chapter, Lot is going to be found in the city gates, gates of Sodom, and Lot is going to be taken captive in this international strife that goes on. Abram's going to have to come save Lot. And so Abram is walking by faith, and Lot is walking by sight. 
the, the lesson for us is clear is that God has made you promises. He's made me promises. If you're in Christ, He's made you all kind of promises. And those promises aren't dependent on you maneuvering your way in order to get them, uh, get them fulfilled. They're dependent upon the Word of God. They're dependent upon the promise and the, the faithfulness of God. And He will always, he, if he, even if He has to move heaven and earth, He will always keep His Word. He will always keep His promises. And so you and I are free to treat our fellow man, our brothers and sisters, in love. We're free to let somebody else have their way. We're free to let somebody else think they're getting over on us because we have the promise that I'll never leave you if I'll forsake you. We have the promise that all things will work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. We have the promise that I'll supply your every need according to uh, His riches in glory. So that's what you see here. Abram was free. Uh, not to fight with Lot about who got the best land. He was free not to not to try to you know make deals or, or get over. He was free to love Lot. Did you see what he said? He said, "Let it not be strife between us, for we're brethren." He was free to give Lot his choice. He was free to react to him in love because he knew that the promise was given to him and God had God had overturned Pharaoh's household in the previous chapter in order to keep his word to Abram this wasn't going to be any problem for God to keep his promise we're free we're free to love and act unselfishly and and fulfill the commands of God in the way that we are to behave with each other because we don't have to fight for position. We don't have to fight for that promise to be kept. We don't have to help God out in keeping His promise. All we have to do is be obedient. And God will keep His promise. Make sense? Any questions? None. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost presuming that they were... They're, they were for sacrifice, like animal sacrifice. So they would probably be, you know, flat, uncut stone, the way that we'll see it later in the patriarchs. Um, the same kind that Abram's going to build to sacrifice Isaac, you know, before God stops him. So these altars are, when you when we say altar, you're thinking, you know, altar to come kneel. Uh, that That's where they worship God, but they also gave sacrifice at those altars. So it would probably be a little bit of both. But I don't know for sure. Anybody else? Good? Next week, I'm going to try to get the outline out a little early. <clears throat> but it may take some time. There's a lot of names, a lot of countries. You know, Kedalamer of Elam. And all, we're going to talk about all these kings that come and do battle. Basically, <clears throat> I'll just give you a real brief summary. So while you're reading it, you kind of know what you're reading. Um, these five, these kings are, are uh, uh, in those days, there were confederacies where uh, these this group of nations would rule over this other nation. And... And they would cause them to serve each other and all. Well, you're going to have a revolt between five kings, one of two of which one's going to be Sodom, one's going to be Gomorrah. All these guys revolt <laughs> against these four kingdoms that were uh, uh, ruling them, and Lot is going to get caught up in the in the you know the the captives. 
And so Abram is going to get his folks together and he's going to go after Lot. He's going to destroy all the all the kingdoms. And then uh, he's going to meet uh, the king of Sodom. Abram is the king of Sodom. And this person who's very interesting that we're going to talk about named Melchizedek. Uh, and we're going to talk about him next week. So, But we're going to see that Abram also deals with these kings by trusting in God. So when you're reading that, don't get caught up on the names. They're all hard to pronounce and all, all those kind of things. Really, the big battle between all these kings is just the background to what the real story is. And that's Abram meeting with these two kings and what happens in their interaction. And we're going to talk about that next week. Okay? Any questions? Okay. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this for your word. Thank you for all that you've given us. We have-